when you were talking after the Lakers games and your press conferences, and obviously, you know, people didn't really want to talk about you guys. People didn't really want to talk about what Jokic was doing. And Pat mentioned earlier, you know, the prime time really wasn't built up for the Nuggets. And even after you swept the Lakers, there was different conversations, and that's neither here nor there. But they weren't talking about the Nuggets sweeping, you know, LeBron and the Lakers. Do you think now that you guys have, you know, put Denver on the map with the championship, you know, being that first team since 1979 to win outside of Texas and California, do you think now people will, you know, not only respect the Nuggets, but will look at the Denver Nuggets? Hey, I'm doing it. Yeah, like the team in the West now? Hell yeah. Well, a really good question. And speaking of the Lakers, I just want you guys to know this is breaking news. I'm thinking about retiring. So don't tell anybody. <laughs> yeah. You love yes. the house, Coach. You love yes. it. Coach, let's take the you conversation away from the championship. <laughs> let's talk about the coach retiring. Yes. Hey, you hated it, huh? Okay, good, good. I'm yeah, happy to hear good. that. Oh, You're right, a human. Only, only kidding. Only kidding. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh, welcome, welcome, Chris Williams, and welcome to the show. Emmy nominated sportscaster and personality. I gotta be on my best game today, you know. I'm with a um <laughs> Emmy nominated sportscaster. How are you doing, Chris? Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate you. And I'm just honored to be here because you're greatness personified, you know, with how you operate and everything that you do. So yeah, I'm I'm just blessed. And uh that Mike Malone thing, though. <laughs> Petty season is in order. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, well, you know, Mike Malone is also very blessed and the Denver Nuggets, you know. I gotta just tell you, Mike Malone, Michael, let me actually say Michael, because he's very clear. He does not want us calling him Mike. So Michael Malone is just you know, it's it, he's hilarious. Like, but he just talks, you know. Um, you know, whether you want to say he's talking his ish or whatever, but throughout this postseason, he's been talking, and then he has the video, and like it was a very funny way to kind of say, Okay, LeBron, we know what you were doing. But I like that he did it. Like he says he's joking, but we all know there's a little truth in uh um every every joke. And I, I remember after that, like we were all talking about LeBron's retirement. And even though we were like, you know, LeBron's a genius because he diverted the attention away from the Lakers getting swept, us in the media, we still kept talking about it despite the fact that we sort of knew what he was doing because no one believed like LeBron was retiring, right? <laughs> no, nobody did that. And he didn't even, there wasn't, correct me if I'm wrong, but there wasn't even a direct question uh, that would lead him to answer that. He like took a question that was vague and he decided okay here's what i'm going to talk about as he does and has his and that's his right but yeah people ran with it i, I remember the sports center crew after the game they were like yeah the nuggets you know they win the western conference finals but that might be a subplot because lebron might be retiring <laughs> bro <laughs> he sucked you in lebron did it again he sucked you in just like he does every single time he's opened yeah. his mouth and we will not let him do that today because today is about the Denver Nuggets. They are celebrating their parade. I don't know if it's officially ended, but I was watching. I had it on in the background and, you know, they're rolling through the streets and the crowd is, you know, chanting MVP, you know, for uh, for Jokic. And it looks festive the way parades are. I saw Jamal Murray out there. He was, you know, signing autographs. And look at that. Look at it. I mean, their first parade in their in their city um it's amazing you know you you just you have to appreciate that like even if you're not a Denver Nuggets fan even if you know you're not in the city just look at that it's amazing right, right. that's that's gold <laughs> and then he hugs the fan I wasn't expecting KCP to do that and what's more interesting is the fact that I think he's making up for the fact that the Lakers didn't have a parade you know after yeah. they won in 2020 so he's going all the way out, all the way out. And the other thing that's really fun to see with these parades is just a pure joy and jubilation from the players where they let everything down. Like they do not care. They're, they're unapologetic selves. They don't have to be, you know, buttoned up, tied up, you know, professionals answering questions. It's, I'm having a great time and I'm going to let y'all know with all these beers that I'm smashing in my face, like DeAndre Jordan is catching passes for people for the beers. It, it's a beautiful sight, even if uh, it's not your team, right? 
you can still appreciate what that means for a city and for the players that have worked so hard to make it to that point. Uh, you know, like it's, you do like that. It's just, it's fun. It's always fun watching the parade, but um, I, I remember, and like, I'm not going to sit here cause I'm not a lifelong Warriors fan, but I just remember like when the Warriors won their first in like just years, it had been years, so many decades. So it wasn't their first ever, but for many current generation Warriors fans, it was the first in a very, very long time. And that felt amazing. And it wasn't even the first. So the first title for the Denver Nuggets, right? The first title for the Denver Nuggets, like, that's amazing. And, you know, the way everyone's been talking has been like, they're definitely guaranteed to get more, you know? So <laughs> there's, been yeah, okay. <laughs> there's been a lot of talk. They will be back. They're going to get back there, you know? As a Warriors fan, I don't love hearing it, but it's, it's it's their time right now. So I used to hate when when we won and people would start talking about, oh, their path to get there, and you know, this is not a real this, and ju-, you know, so it's time to celebrate the Nuggets. We gonna give them their 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 flowers, but um, people keep talking like they're gonna get back there, and and they're they're destined, uh, and you know, this is the beginning of the next dynasty. So you know. We'll see. We'll see. You know, I think usually when there's a finals run, uh, teams react to it, right, around the league. So we'll see what happens. But they definitely are a contender, I believe, for years to come. And they're set up for that. And that starts first, you know, with uh, Jokic, right? Um, the, you know, who many, I think many even before this finals run, considered him the best player in the world but that seems to be the consensus for many right now and so it it starts with Jokic and he's the best player in the world and we're here raving raving about him Chris and he's so nonchalant you know um what do you make of that (laughs) you know it's so funny Nat because all my life growing up you know watching MJ Kobe LeBron uh so many of these guys it was Basketball is the clear number one priority. Family comes second. And I think they've acknowledged that in some way, specifically with MJ and Kobe. Rest in peace. Like, you're thinking you have to be obsessed with basketball to win at the highest level. So to see Jokic, you know, act as if this is just a hobby that he's really good at, it's really refreshing to me because you can be amazing at something, but it's not the, as he said, the main thing in his life. Like the main things are his family and horse racing back in Serbia. And I think we can, you don't have to put one over the other, uh, but you can see the beauty in a superstar reacting differently as if, yeah, he just took a trip to Walgreens, picking up groceries for his wife. And it's like, okay, yeah, it's good. We can go home now. The job is done. Like who, who does that? Right? Yo-kish. No, I, Nicole Jokic does. Nicole Jokic no, yeah. does. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> he does. And, you know, I, I appreciate hearing him say that. You know, we know his family means everything to him. His wife, he wears, like, their wedding band. What is it, like, on his sneaker? Or he, like, puts it yeah, on? Yeah, it's on his sneaker, on his shoelace. Yeah. So, you know, he does that. Look, first of all, let me just say, I always appreciate men giving love and shout outs and flowers to their wives. So shout out to you too, because I peeped in your feed. <laughs> Wifey got a um, shout out. <laughs> yeah, all day. And I got the ring. I got the ring right here, baby. <laughs> that is not his middle finger, people. That's his ring finger. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so shout out. Shout out to you and your amazing wife. I, I see that you'd always be sort of, you know, shouting her out, posting some of your wedding stuff. You guys are newlyweds, so recently married. Yes. So I love that. You coming on the show and you're like, I'm still gonna call my baby out. So good for you. Um, I'm gonna gas her up. Yeah. And we'll be talking later about people gassing up their wives, but um <laughs> but Jokic, he wears his 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 um ring on his sneaker you know he had his daughter at the celebration and she was like front and center we always love that he's not the first person to do that like they always no. had the kid up there she had on the little backwards hat but you know the immediate question asked to him right after is like sort of like how do you feel and he's like oh great the job's done we can go home you know and throughout this postseason right it's been questions about like how do you feel about this triple double oh you made history tonight with this person and he's like 
huh? What? Like, okay, yeah, I don't care. I'm just trying, you know? And so he's very um, nonchalant. And I, I don't, first of all, I don't think he doesn't not care. So, you know, but I think for some people, they don't know how to receive it. So some people love it, right? And then I think others, it's like, I don't know if it's off-putting is the right word, but they don't know what to make of it because they're just used to NBA stars reacting differently. Yes, and that's a great point because you're so when you're so used to something and you see somebody divert from that path, you kind of, it's a knee-jerk reaction where you're going to be like, I actually don't like that. Where I, I've seen on social media, the discussion has been in some part like, players, superstars, not respecting or caring about the game, which is the furthest thing from the truth, specifically with Nicola. If you watch the series, specifically the Phoenix series and this one, there are multiple incidents where Jokic is screaming, yelling with his teammates to get better, you know, to adjust. You don't do that if you don't care about the game. You know what I'm saying? You have to put a lot of energy and time into that to have those type of reactions when you're at the precipice of winning an NBA title or advancing to the next round. So, yeah. And the other thing that I don't think you should be obsessed with your, your job, right. Or your passion. It shouldn't define you. um, Because then when it's gone, you're like lost. But if you have a healthy balance, and I think we've all experienced this at some point, at least for me, where I say, yeah, I'm a sports journalist, sports broadcaster, and that's what I'm doing. That's who I am. But when you step back, like, no, I have so much more to offer to the world. And there's more meaning, like with my wife, my family, my friends, different experiences that I want to do just for free. So, right. yeah, I'm all for it. I'm all for it. But to say Jokic doesn't care about the game, that's just flat out disingenuous and not true. I just don't think he cares about the extra hoopla and attention around it. Like, yeah, I get paid lots of money to play basketball and I'm really good at it. And then I go home with my family, which is my true prize. And I go back to Serbia with my family and that's all good. Yeah. And I mean, Serbia is is his love. Riding horses is his love. His family, um, that that's his love. And I can, I can relate to that. You know, I, 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 I am born here, but my, my family is Jamaican and I spent a lot of time in Jamaica. And for me, whenever I go to Jamaica, I feel like I'm going home. You know, if I'm away from there for too long, I feel, I don't feel right. Like I always have to make sure not too long passes before I go. Right. And, and I didn't even grow up there, but just because I spent so much time there and culturally, that's how I was raised in terms of family and people being around me, you know, like I, I yearn to be around that. So I can only imagine not having grown up in this country. Right. And you're, you're here. It's like, he wants to be home and I'm, I'm sure it's going to be an amazing, I wonder what, if they, you know, they have buildings lit up for him. So I just wonder what it's going to be. I wonder if they're doing a parade for him, who knows, but I mean, I'm sure, you know, they have more than one, uh, you know, athlete in the country, you know, in the country right now making moves. So I wonder how, like, how they're going to celebrate that. But uh, it is refreshing, like you said. And right now it seems to be that people appreciate that from him. Um, I I wonder if the media is going to continue to appreciate it, though. And I only say that because we've heard them at times when there are players who say that like there's other things more important or you know they some in the media react negatively like oh no you don't you don't care about this and the only thing i want to hear about this and they start telling you kobe and bringing up all these stories of other people i'm like okay but that person isn't like this you know (laughs) right they're not and that you can't you know punish them for being different it's as if you have to be like the all-time greats, MJ and Kobe, their mentality, mama mentality, MJ, stone cold killer. And if you're not, then you're not committed when that's not true. And so I think, you know, it's a great learning lesson for all, all of us to unlearn some of the problematic things that we've been told or sold by mainstream media. Um, but the one thing I want to go back to is uh, Jokic's uh, wedding band on his shoe. The fact that he's never, at least to my knowledge, lost that thing. Like it's not his shoe hasn't gone on tied. <laughs> that might be more impressive. That might be his best accomplishment uh, in the NBA because <laughs> the amount of time that I my shoes untied when I played ball, 
<laughs> I can't, you know, it's countless times. <laughs> I'm not, he's a man of many talents. He's a man of many, many talents. Um, and certainly his uh, teammates think so because um, after, after they won it all, you know, I thought Michael Porter Jr. had some interesting comments to make about uh, his teammate and leader and finals MVP, Nicole Jokic. Let's hear what um, MPJ had to say. Nicola, I mean, all he, he does so many things for our team. He's so he's so good of a basketball player. Like, I don't really think people understand how good of a basketball player he is. I mean, Nicola, he let us all playoffs with his passing some games, scoring other games. This was a historic run. I don't know how you could say he's not the best big man ever, really. Like, he's one of the all-time great basketball players. Um, I don't care what anyone says. I, I think he's one of the all-time best players to ever play this game. So to be on his team... He makes it easy for the rest of us, um, but we got so many good players on this team, man. We're just we're 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 happy we got to do it with this group of guys because we don't know if we'll be together um, how much longer. But to do it with this group of guys is it feels amazing. So there, there's there's two interesting things that he said here, but I'll start with one of them, and that is about Jokic's all time standing where he is and his greatness and as a big man. And so there's, there's been so much talk about this, Chris, about, okay, now that he's won, where does he rank all time? Where does he rank all time? Where does he rank as a center? Is he like, is he in the top five of the big men? Like there's just been all this conversation. I know you hate rankings. <laughs> I know you hate rankings because you even said it in your feed uh, <laughs> that you hate all time rankings. Why do you hate them so much? Well, I, I have to, I can't get all the credit for this, but I take it from Tyler Creator. He was on a show interview. Uh, they were talking about how he hates this top five rappers of all time conversation that happens on social media. And it's not that I think, it's not that I hate it. Hate is a strong word, but I just think you could have more meaningful conversations in terms of, okay, well, who is your your favorite center of all time? Who are your best centers that you've seen in your lifetime. Like I didn't see Bill Russell play. I didn't see Will Chamberlain play live. I saw them on YouTube and in DVDs, you know, but I can't sit here and say, yeah, Bill Russell is the greatest center of all time when I don't have the life experiences to support that. I just have clips. I didn't watch him live. So I think it's better and you get more appreciation for people's differences when you have rankings that are suggesting, okay, here are my favorite centers in terms of style, or here are the best centers that I've seen in my lifetime that I can remember. Like when you're a baby, okay, no, you, you can't do that. But as you get older into your youth and adulthood, then you make a better and more nuanced approach. But I think it's it's fun to have. I just think I'm at a point in my life where I hear it all the time. It's like, what's next? What, where does he write? Where do, it's like, bro, can we just appreciate the greatness? Like, I don't want to get into that just yet. <laughs> Maybe let's look back, you know, years down the line. But yeah. Uh, so here are my top five greatest centers basically I've seen in my lifetime. Shaquille O'Neal. That was somebody when I was, you know, I was born in 91. So I saw Shaq a lot a lot of his prime and is one of the most if not the most dominant big men to ever play the game like a sheer force of nature and he also had the agility that I don't think people give him credit for a nice touch in that three to five foot range won four championships amazing superstar off the court as well Hakeem Olajuwon come on man the dream his his agility as well finesse game foot, one of the best footworks one of the best footworking centers that I've seen in terms of his shake and agility um, and defensively, the way he would sky for blocks and rebounds. And then on the offensive end where he would terrorize greats like, as you see in my list, David Robinson. Like he did it against the best of the best. Nikola Jokic, come on. The dude is like a combination of Will Chamberlain, Larry Bird, Magic Johnson. Uh, you can even throw in Moses Malone in there. His ability to recognize different uh, schemes and nuances for the game, passing. He can step out and shoot the three from time to time. 
amazing touch. Like all these players, Akeem, Shaq, David, they always, well, Hakeem had great touch, David as well. But Nikola, his floater, I think is the best in the game. Because remember, Nat, when KD said, hey, um, there are times where I hate playing him because he'll throw up shots that look like, yeah, they got no chance. Right, and then they right. go in like all the time. And last but not least, Patrick Ewing. Couldn't get it done in terms of a championship because uh, he ran into Jordan and Akeem. But he was one of the best defensive centers that we've seen. And he really improved his offensive game when he came out from uh, Georgetown because Coach Sean Thompson, you know, he was prioritizing defense and staying in the post. He had a really good baseline jumper that was near unstoppable. But he could do just about anything you would want. Blocking, rebounding, uh, defending, help defense. So those are my top five greatest centers of all time based on who I've seen in my lifetime. Okay. And again, people, in his lifetime, I just want to say, because people always go crazy with rankings and I understand your hesitance to to get into them. Um, And Jokic was in your top five. And again, that's based on your lifetime. I created one. What I meant to ask you, can you go back to Chris's um, top five again? Because I wanted to ask you, um, is yours in any particular order or was it just like right now? Like, do you, do you have them actually as a one through five? Can we get Chris's list again? Um, is it a, is it a top five or is it just like these are the, the five in your lifetime that you've watched that are the greatest? And I'm not going to force you to put it into a one through five, but I'm just curious. Shaquille O'Neal is number one for me, baby. Shaquille O'Neal okay. is number one. Okay. Hakeem is number two. And David, you know, I go back and forth between Hakeem and David. Uh, they played in the same era, really. And um, I know that both of them, you know, won two titles. Uh, David after, well, won one title in 2003 after Hakeem was, was out of the league. And then, yeah, Nicola's got one championship ring, two-time MVP, Patrick is right there with him, but that's the list. Yeah, one through five. It's not, oh, I just threw these five together and you can interchange them. Okay. But all very smart centers. So I appreciate it, Chris. You hate rankings, but you did you did them for, for brother from another. So thank you. Yes. I appreciate that. <laughs> all right. So I put my own rankings together too. Um, and I did include people that I haven't watched in my lifetime. Um, and, you know, I, I think, I, I do think when you don't watch a player, it definitely affects your ability to discuss them properly, you know? And so I understand why you're like, I'm only going to base it on the players that I've watched and observed. And we've heard people start to say that more and more now. And I think that's helpful because it alleviates the whole life. Oh, you know, the, you know, generations that precede us will be like, oh, you guys, you know, recency bias, you don't know and blah, 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 blah. Um, But just based on, yes, the YouTube videos, based on the data and the what's out there, I feel comfortable with with this right now being my top five. Um, I I don't think when you're saying all time that Jokic is in that conversation yet, but he's certainly on the way to it, right? Um, right. And uh, I don't, I don't see how anyone could like dispute me or fight me on this list, but they might. Um, and I know some people think I'm a yoga trader. I'm not, I swear, but um, <laughs> I just don't think he's there yet, but I certainly think he's on the way and assuming that he will continue to get the accolades and, and build up his resume, then, um, you know, I think he'll, he'll get there. And then there'll be some hard conversations. Cause I got to tell you, I think that when I look to start taking people out of this list, I'm probably going to look at players who people would like fight me over, you know? Um, but I, I, I sometimes struggle a little bit with the Wilt and Bill, not just because um, I didn't watch them play. Cause I did watch Kareem later in his career. So I'm dating myself a little bit, but um, it, it's more so because it was different then. Like they, you know, yes. they were a different league and then they came over and then it just, the it was so different. The competition was so different. So I sort of always look at those players, even when I do all time lists as like, I kind of like asterisk them out. Like I know that they are all time greats, but I sort of separate them. So that's a conversation for a different day. But um you know, that, that that that's my list. So I, I mentioned there's one other thing that Michael Porter Jr. said. 
that I found interesting. And it was the very end where he's like, who knows if we'll all be together, but you know, what we were happy, we want to do this. And I was like, hmm, because I think a lot of dynasty talk, Chris, but he would be a big part of their future if they need to stay together. So, I mean, we, we've we been talking dynasty for days. I think the talk is premature. Um, so much goes into play to make a dynasty. But, you know, before we break, what are your, what are your thoughts on everyone talking about the dynasty? Just, again, stop looking for the next dynasty or the next great era for a team. Like we can recognize their special accomplishments for all that they're worth and not immediately move to, okay, well, what's next? What are they going to do next? Like I know Michael Malone said, yeah, he brought up the dynasty thing. Like the last step of a first championship is becoming a dynasty. Um, And he has every right to say that, but it's, extremely hard as you know from being a Warriors fan and seeing what Steph and Draymond and Clay have gone through to become a dynasty like that is not that does not happen overnight and it's partly you know keeping everybody together but also health luck is involved in some cases right so that's that's how I feel about it keep me yeah pump the brakes on that we can get into that when they win if they win a second title Correct. And also because I don't care. People could call me a hater, but like the the Warriors are not over yet, people. So we're going to stop talking. <laughs> the Bucks, the Bucks and, and, and Giannis are still in the East. And that's, right. what I, and that's one thing I want to ask you about before we go, because Jokic is the best player in the world. Everyone, like I said, that seems to be the consensus. But just this year and last year and maybe other years, it seemed like Giannis was the consensus. And I get like the Bucks had a untimely exit from the postseason but are you in agreement do you feel like Giannis is being slighted I know that you were very familiar with the Bucks team so it's like the Nuggets have won the Nuggets have won and it's like okay now where do we go like all these (laughs) all these like storylines and things develop from it and it's like Jokic is the best player in the world and I'm not going to push back against that I don't have a issue with people saying that but what does that mean for the other players who were in that conversation like a Giannis well, for me, I think my initial hesitancy uh, about Jokic was his defense. And I think he has improved a lot, and he's really good at help defense, um, well, more so one-on-one defense, and then the help defense a little bit struggling. But what I saw in the playoffs, that really opened my eyes even more. But when it comes to Giannis, both Giannis and Jokic were the number one seeds in their respective conferences. So just because, it's like, what have you done for me lately? That's why people are saying this. And yeah, I'm not going to fight tooth and nail about people saying Jokic is the best player. Like we witnessed a historic performance all throughout the playoffs. So I'm never going to discount him for that or discredit him for that. But I don't think it's as wide open or I don't think it's very, um, what's the word? He doesn't have a long margin, a wide margin against Giannis in terms of being. He doesn't clear the way it's being made to seem. Right. What's yeah, I, I would actually argue that that conversation is still between um, Jokic, Giannis, and Steph, the three players who won the last yes. three finals. And so the person who just won gets the crown. And so Jokic wears the crown. And so we, 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 the, the, the new NBA season is upon <laughs> us. So let's get back and talk about that. A lot of rumors been flying. So, Chris, people stay tuned with us. We got some more NBA rumors to talk about. We'll be right back. In my opinion, the best big shooting big in the, to, to play the game. Wow. High, high spot is at the top of the key. You're not hearing me. So Some let's this, start it like this. this. Carl Anthony Towns, are you the best oh. shooting big man of all time? Yes. Yes. You don't got to finish the rest of the question. What's yes. the next? Yeah. <laughs> I have my personal intake of who I think the best five man is. Right. Mm. Conversation was Pat, who you played you play with Cat. You played against him, B. You played against Joker. Like, who you think the best best big man is, right? And I go, y'all not go like my answer. They go, no, 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 for real, Pat. Like just like we talking basketball talk, not like Patrick yeah, Beverly yeah. talking basketball talk. I'm like, all right, cool. Cat, they what? My man, when it comes to like offensively gifted players, I say, man, Trev, it's it's two people, bro. It's 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 Cat and it's James Hart. And I think I got Cat one. He no, no, no. 
that pat no I, man i i've been around this <laughs> chris there's um just so many things that were said in that video that I find laughable, but I don't want to spend too much time on all of them. But since we've been talking big men, we've been talking big men throughout this show. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I just, the, 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 so Kat's been making this claim about the best shooting big man. I don't, I don't know the parameters for him saying that. He talks a lot. You know, he has this, he does. Time's up and I retire. There's going to be people who are going to say that I changed the game. Okay, I, I see a lot of people making fun of him for this statement and like going at him on Twitter. So it's very early in his career. And I remember a time when John Morant said like, I'm a top five point guard in the NBA or something like that it was like an off season. And people were like, oh, okay, okay, Josh, sure. And then he came back and showed us he was that. Um, but Cat hasn't, you know, he'll say these things and then he doesn't produce on the floor. Now, a large part of his season was lost, but I still would not have him as a better big man than um, just overall big man than Embiid or Jokic. And best shooting big man? You know, I don't actually know about that either. So uh, I just thought this video was very, very funny. It makes for great content and people to lose their minds. And here's the thing about NBA players or professional uh, athletes. I think you have to have uh, some level of delusion in terms of your confidence to succeed. Otherwise, you'll get eaten alive like roadkill, you know, or the prey. Um, but he, for, a shooting, for a shooting big man, yeah, he'll, he's up there. Like, he's up there with the best of them, Dirk and all them. Still got to do a whole lot more work to even get that title, to even get close to that title. But in terms of shooting, yes, one of the best shooting big men we've seen from three-point land. However, you, in terms of just overall big men and changing the game, what, what have you done to change exactly. the game? Exactly. There have been big men who shot from long range before. So... I, yeah, that, that part puzzled me. Like people can, what did you change, Kat? And if you can tell me, like you haven't changed anything at this point. And then I hope he, you know, continues to succeed and all that. But that's just, it's not true. No, it's it, not. I don't think it'll be true. I mean, if anything, they're going to be talking about Jokic changing the game, right? And so, <laughs> and what he does from the center position. So, okay. <laughs> and the We're other thing, Nat, on. <laughs> is, wait, hold on. One, it's like, what have you been able to do in the playoffs? We've seen him, and I know he's battled with injury before and all that. So I'm not going to, you know, totally slam him, but you need to produce in the playoffs, you know, at a high level to want to even have that conversation about I changed the game and I'm the best shooting uh, big man that the game will ever see. Facts. And you know what? I, I'm glad you said that because you actually brought up a really good point because like we're, we're, we're going in on Cat a little bit, but it was some Pat Bev saying some wild stuff and sort of like gassing him up in that video. And I, I like, look, that's his teammate, but I'm sorry. Like there's just no way in your right mind you can say between Embiid, Cat, and Jokic, that your takeaway is that Cat is the best, right? Like, Cat does not like to play in the post. <laughs> and Jokic, Jokic is an amazing post player, right? Like, yeah, there was probably a time that Cat was a better shooter than Jokic, but he's become a much better shooter. His touch yeah. around the rim yeah. is incredible incredible and you're not even on his level when it comes to passing you know it's like Ooh, <laughs> you know close. so and then you can't keep up with Embiid in terms of his defense and just his ability to be down to be down low and 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 not because you know Cat wants to shoot he he doesn't want to yeah. play <laughs> remember, remember that meme no. remember that post with Demarcus yeah. <laughs> So I just, it's, it's, I don't know. I don't know. But you're not better than either one of those two guys for certain. And so just 
we there's so many so many ways you can break it down so i'm sorry pat bev like i don't think that i know more than the nba player but you got it wrong here um but you know this is what happens in the off season the podcasts are going and things start to come out and there's been all kind of rumors and this this <laughs> zion williamson has had so many rumors floating about him we ain't gonna get into all of them but the latest that, that ain't my cousin <laughs> yeah no relationship to chris williamson um <laughs> But there's been some rumors that um, the the Pelicans may be willing to uh, to trade him. Uh, you know that he kind of doesn't have like a super close relationship with his teammates. He's not around that much. I don't know if that's surprising when you consider some of the comments CJ made after they lost. You know the playoffs. So I don't know where his eye will end up. We always hear his camp or rumors from his his camp about the Knicks. He wanted to go to New York. We know that before he got here. Knicks fans seem to be, you know, clamoring for him. I don't know if it's the Knicks or what it will be, but what do you make of these rumors? They're, they're rumors. And as you said before, it's the offseason, so there's a lot of rumblings that that have so many agendas. Everything that gets published, there's an agenda. It doesn't mean it's bad or wrong, but or bad or right, but there's an agenda here. And I feel like maybe the Pelicans have soured a little bit on Zion uh, because of his maybe lack of commitment to the diet. I think I saw somewhere that in his clause, there's a contract clause um, in his contract where it says you have to stay, I think, below 295 pounds or whatever. So when you have that in your deal, it signals you not taking care of your body the right way. And... I, hey, I would love for him to stay in New Orleans and be a dog and lead that team to Western Conference Finals uh, with B.I., Brandon Ingram and all them, C.J., but I see a world where he could end up in New York, potentially. I, I know that's been the talking point for so long, but it just keeps getting bigger. The conversation keeps growing and growing. There's more steam around it. Uh, so I'm interested to see how everything shakes up. But I want to know from you, if not New York, where do you think he would be a good fit in terms of play? Uh, and then also, I guess, the financial part, you know, with trading players and all that. Uh, you know, I'd have to really think about that. I'm not sure because, I mean, now that all this on-court drama has happened, right? I think at one time you still would have had, and also he hasn't played that many games. <laughs> in his NBA career. So I feel like it, I feel like the kind of team that would take him on can't be a team that needs him, you know, obviously they would need him, but what I mean, like a team that's like ready to win right now, it it, it would have to be a team where they probably don't have a shot at like big name free guys. He would make a big change for them. They probably have some money to work with. You know, you think of like a, I mean, the Pistons just got James Wiseman, so they sort of have, like, their big man now. But, like, right. I don't know, like, Orlando. Like, one of these up-and-coming teams that, you know, they're looking to make the next step, but maybe they're sort of kind of good or right there. You know, because Orlando didn't win many games, but they were always, like, in games with teams. And so I, I don't know where it would work. I mean, obviously, New York seems like the place that, his camp would push for. Um, but I, you know, I don't know because there are just some some concerns around Zion now, you know? So uh, we will see. But there's yeah. also, you know, uh, just there's always like the guards. All these guards are in the news right now for potentially moving teams. And the latest one, you know, the latest one is Bradley Beal. So I think while we've been on, Shams, you know, just reported that there could potentially be some interest, you know, if a trade does happen, that he he could he would potentially be interested in the Kings, which I'm like, hmm, okay. Um, pairing him next to Darren Fox, I, I, you know, they'd still be sort, they'd still be sort of small. I mean, because I like who would be going in that? I'm not sure. But um, Kevin Herter, Kevin Herter, I think for one, and maybe Sabonis. Sabonis, that's what I'm saying. So they'd be getting rid of, they'd be moving off Sabonis because that's the only player I think I could see a team 
wanting and trading for to get back something because the rest would just be sort of spare parts, right? So yeah. that's why I'm saying lose some size in that, you know. But I mean, Washington does have some bigs they could trade. So I mean, we, we'll see. But um, that would be interesting. Buell and um, Fox is your backcourt. Uh, I would. Hey. I wouldn't mind. I would love. That. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm so, all for that. Well, I w- yeah. So I don't know. If I don't know if they'll pull the trigger on that, but you know, there's just all the all these guards are in the news. You got him. You got Kyrie. You got Fred Van Vliet. You have Chris Paul. You have James Harden. I'm sure I'm missing one. Um, but there's just so so many of them. Dame, who is not a free agent. Yeah, Dame. But, yeah, but. I don't know. We're hearing Dame to the Heat. Kyrie's interested in the Heat. So I don't know. I'm looking forward to the offseason, Chris. Um, we will definitely be able to talk about that more um, as the offseason actually comes. But let, let's go. I think we have some company waiting for us. So we won't spend too much right. time on these NBA rumors. <laughs> yeah. I love you so much. Congratulations on like arguably the best career that anyone has ever had in the history of any sport ever. Uh, Let's get this party started. I don't know of a more dominant player, but as sweet as pie. It's just, you don't find that combination. I I would figure someone who's really dominant and and just exceptional, just in their own head, in their own world, doing their own thing. But Sylvia is a model of living, looking outward. Um, and that takes a lot of energy. Again, she makes it look easy. Aww. Welcome to the show, Sabria Whitaker, founder of Grow the Game. Uh, let's get to it. Some jerseys were retired over the weekend, and it was just so lovely to watch. But uh, not really a but, but like, you know, Megan Rapino <laughs> gave Sue Bird some flowers, and some people had like a really crazy reaction to it, <laughs> you know? So, um, but outside of that, I thought the ceremonies were beautiful. What, what, how did you feel about them? Well, first of all, love me like, you know, and hype me up like Megan loves and hype suit. So that's like, I'm not even mad at it. Like, I expect yeah. it, it to be biased. People should just know that it's biased. It's wrong, but she not wrong for saying it, you know? Like, she was right. Right idea, right? So I'm not mad at it. Um, I mean, I like the ceremonies. I'm sure you know that, like most of WNBA Twitter, I have thoughts about them being on the same day and just where they happen to air live on TV versus, you know, not being aired on TV just because of, I guess, the way the game fell with the broadcast schedule, but just things like that not being taken into consideration. I'm a little annoyed and a little hurt that we still have to go through this after spending so much time talking about just their retirement tours in general last season. I'm like, oh, we're still doing this, but... Congratulations! Tell the Raptors. audience. Tell the audience so they know. We, you know, no one's gonna learn I mean, unless you them. Yeah, you gotta let it. Uh, come on, you on here for a reason. So speak the gospel. Yes, baby. yes. I just feel like when we've spent an entire season talking about the way that they were being treated in the media, when you know. Sue can get four games run on NBA TV and has a whole schedule and all of this. And it's this great big deal as it should be. And I'm not saying lessen the celebration for Sue. I'm saying pick up and increase the celebration for Seal so that they're on the same level. So when you have one that is just, you know, ESPNW tweeting about Sue and her jersey, you know, seven times, but only, you know, still four. I have a problem with that. Yeah. So, I mean, for people who don't know, because I think many people do know Sue Bird for a variety of reasons, but can you speak a little bit on the greatness of Sylve? Because you're not just saying push for her to push for her. Her greatness deserves it. Oh, absolutely. She is 
absolutely arguably the greatest center in WNBA history. Like the accolades are there, the depoys are there, the all-stars are there, the championships are there, her resume. And if you really want to, you know, get real, and this is not shade or not slight to, to sue because the facts are the facts and the numbers are there to back it up. When you look at individual accomplishments between Sue Bird and Sylvia Fowles, Sylvia's is greater. So for that to be the case, but her celebration and her media attention being lesser than and not even comparable is really unacceptable. Truly. Oh, that's awful. And that just shows you, Sabria, I'm glad you eloquently stated all those things because they're right. And it's a gross injustice to Sylvia Fowles and other black women who deserve to be put on a pedestal. And again, it's not saying Sue doesn't deserve to be, but people see Sue as the GOAT, right? The reason why, whether it's point guard or just a GOAT in women's basketball, the reason why is because of the marketing machine that has been around her, that's lifted her up. The fact that she's a great ambassador to the game, all those things. Where is that energy for Sylvia Fowles? She is a sweetheart from all accounts, from everything, her her teammates, her coaches, friends, her dominance on the court. But even she, correct me if I'm wrong, Sabria, I think during the All-Star break, uh, her last year, she was like, yeah, I feel like the, the coverage or the support for my retirement tour has been kind of lackluster or underwhelming. So when you hear that, it's like, yo, the person who you're dismini- uh, diminishing they even feel it. That is, that's awful. And nobody should feel like they're not given the proper respect that they deserve. I agree. And I mean, and just to be frank, we talk about, you know, bias in the media all the time. Biases exist. We're human. We're imperfect. They're going to exist. So when you have someone like Sue Bird, who was able to elevate and create a media company and together, and obviously together is going to have post after post after post because she is one of the faces of the brand, one of the investors, like there would be no together without Sue. So I expect them to go hard for her. But when Sue is in a position to say, hey, make sure that you are giving her equal coverage. I don't appreciate the fact that regardless of her connections to together, I can see all the all the photos, all the tweets, all the videos about Sue. And the only two tweets I saw when I scrolled together's page were them retweeting the Minnesota Lynx page and then quote tweeting a WNBA tweet talking about the retirement where they linked a video that they did covering her last game last season. So they didn't even put out anything new or create anything new to celebrate this accomplishment today. And so again, I expect there to be a bias, but until the media is able to even that playing field by having more diverse, you know, ownership, no, more diverse voices who can also be biased for seal. So that way, one it's biased against bias, and then it's equal. We're going to keep seeing this, and nothing is going to change. Yeah, and just so people understand, like this is not, um, you know, because people will often say, like, oh, is it always about race? Do we got to make it about race? And I feel like during. Um, even like the college tourney, you know, with like Angel Reese and Caitlin and people like, you know, I, I would see comments like, shouldn't we just be happy that women's basketball is being talked about? Like, why? Would we? No, no, we shouldn't just be happy because the way that Angel Reese, a black woman, is described and talked about in the media is different than than Caitlin Clark. So this goes throughout the meet, like throughout college level and at the pro level. And, you know, Kelsey Plum a white player has called this out and she's a very beloved player who people know who's on the Las Vegas Aces where her own teammate, Asia Wilson, who many would say is actually the best player in the league, but you wouldn't know that because of the way that players like Brianna Brianna Stewart are marketed and others. Um, It's being called out because we want people to know, right? And so again, Mm -hmm. I think it's important when you say, it's not that we're saying less for Sue Bird, we're saying, promote the others because part of the reason if you don't have the exposure and you don't know part of the reason you think she's the greatest and best and Mm -hmm. and is because you don't have the awareness of some of these other players you know and there's there seems to be disparate treatment 
between the way the black players are described and the white players. And we're just going to call a spade a spade what it is on the show. Yes. That's what we do here. Okay. No, that's facts. Sabria, do I get the approval for what I just said? Because I want to make sure. Yes. You know. <laughs> yes. Approved. <laughs> okay. So let's 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 lighten the mood a little bit. Let's talk a little NBA. I'm so Lord. WNBA. Don't give me the dirty looks, Sabria, after I just good. Let's let's talk W. <laughs> let's yeah, talk. Let's talk WNBA All-Star because the early fan votes came in, the early results came in, and uh, Connecticut, their fans felt disrespected, Sabria. And I saw you and our girl, Tarika, who's definitely a, a, uh, someone who comes on this show as well, had like a conversation about this on Twitter, but mm-hmm. no, no Sun players in the top 10. What do you make of that? Um, I think that it's fan voting and respectfully, you have to have the fans and you have to have the fans who are willing to vote for you as many times as possible from as many devices as possible, as many days as possible. I mean, that's why there's fan voting. If you have a problem with that, luckily for you, it's not all based on fan votes, right? It's 50% of the the fan votes and the tiebreaker and 25% goes to to media and 25% goes to players. So it's going to balance out. But at the end of the day, and this is who players, you know, want to see similar to what you just said, you have to put them in front of us. So it's going to be those with the college fan bases and whose college teams are tapped in on social media. It's going to be the teams who are putting them, you know, in front of everyone's faces the most, the connections, community outreach, the brands that you work with, the partnerships, all of those things, in my opinion, matters. And you have to do your part to grow the fan base because your game can speak, but it can't do it all by itself. Are either of you surprised that Alyssa Thomas is 17, though? Like, do do you think she will make it? Oh, she's going to make it. She's going to make it. And that's, yeah, you have the media and the players. They're going to vote for her, right? But I mean, also outside of a whole lot of issues. Listen, Alyssa Thomas is a dog. And so if she's dogging everybody else's favorite player, they not go, they fans not voting for you. So that's just the right. way it goes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, listen, Sabria, it's been like so wonderful to have you on as always. We did want to talk some more power rankings, but we had an important discussion at the beginning that I think was worthy and deserving of time. So thank you for shedding light on such an important topic. And you got to come back and talk power rankings with us. Just very quick before you go, should it be the sun at the top or aces? Aces. Okay. Thank you, Sabria. Chris, thank you so much. Your brother from another uh, co-hosting debut. I am so honored to be here with you. It was a pleasure. We had a lot of fun. Just wish we could talk about more things. But hey, we had a great discussion. So it's all good. You'll be back to do that. Thank you. I hope y'all enjoyed it. Go take in some of that Nuggets parade, y'all. Tomorrow. (laughs) 